God this morning kind of changed around what I just felt like I was supposed to talk about, okay? And so if you don't mind, um, I'm just going to kind of go through. I just felt like I need to explain why we do what we do here at Riverview during what we call the worship service or the worship celebration. And the first thing I want you to understand is, is that the reason we do what we do here at Riverview is because you can do this every day. Okay? You don't need a priest and you don't need a preacher to do what we do here at Riverview every Sunday. You know, if you, if you like the music and you like all that stuff, you can turn on the radio and listen to some gospel music and whatever you like. You might like the hymns. You might like the new stuff. Whatever. I don't, I don't really care. You know, it really doesn't make a whole lot of spiritual difference to me. But, um, you know, you can do that. You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't need a preacher and you don't need a church to do that. Okay? You can do that every day. Right, and maybe some of you like I don't even like music. Okay, you know I don't. You, you have to understand I don't see that what what this whole music thing in Jesus. They they sung a few hymns, but this whole music entertainment thing I don't even see that with Jesus and his his disciples. But okay, whatever. I don't I don't really care, you know. Um, but you can do that every day. When we move into the praise time, you can do that every day. Okay, here's the thing I want you to hear. God's word says this, give thanks for everything. Now I'm going to be honest, when I'm in a depressed state, that has to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard on earth. Anybody else think of that? Give thanks for everything. Has God lost his mind? You know, somebody's being a jerk at work. Give thanks? I got bills I don't know how to pay. Give thanks? You know, um, me and the boss ain't getting along. Give thanks? You know, are, are you nuts? Give thanks? Why would I do that? Let me help you with that. And I think this is important, okay? Sometimes you ain't feeling it. You know? Sometimes you're feeling nothing but depressed. Sometimes you're feeling nothing but anger. Sometimes you're feeling nothing but, I ain't never getting out of this hole I'm in. Are you, anybody ever been there? You know? But everywhere, spiritually, eternally, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, Imagine what it does when instead of being totally focused on me, 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 and what me wants, and me being mad because me ain't getting what me wants. You ever been there? Huh? Instead of that, and when you're doing that, do you ever notice how everything and everybody is bad? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? You know? I mean, it's just something we get more and more ingrained and more and more depressed and more and more angry and more and more frustrated. We've all been there. We've all done it. 
Don't, don't feel like, oh man, I'm the only one that does that. The enemy's gonna tell you, you're the only one that does that. Everybody has done that. Okay, don't, don't, don't listen to that kind of trash, okay? Everyone has done that, okay? But there comes a time where you gotta decide. I'm tired of this mental, emotional, relational, spiritual destruction. I'm tired of always being tired. I'm tired of always being angry. Do you ever get to the point you're frustrated with everybody in your life? Anybody? Everybody sitting there like, oh, God. Now, there just comes times where you're just like, what's the matter with everybody? It's like the man with Limburger cheese on his mustache. He says, this room stinks. You know, and he goes outside, the whole world stinks. Not realizing he stinks. Friends, the only way to deal with that is to decide by the grace of God to turn that around. Amen? Amen? To make a decision that, you know what? Enough of this negativity. Enough of this bitterness. Because I hate to let you in on something, but when you're always negative and you're always angry, and you're always bitter, and you're always frustrated, you mind if I tell you something? You're not a joy to be around. Here's the cool part. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died, bled, and suffered, and died to heal you. You say, well, I don't know how. That's the problem. You're trying to do it. Is everybody cold? I'm sorry, I'll turn it up. I see all the ladies back there going... I just turn it off. I'll sweat for Jesus. This is important. Because what Janet was talking about and what we're seeing every week and what some of you are experiencing right now is that we have an enemy. And he absolutely... First works on your mind. If you go back to Genesis 3, where did, where did um, uh, Satan, the, the snake, work on Eve? In her mind. Then he calls confusion. Then he calls doubt. Then he calls frustration. Then he calls fear. Then it was everybody else's fault but Eve and Adam. Amen? 
And then after that, we just saw from then on, all we did was perfect the art. Are you with me? But you see, here's the cool part. Isaiah 53 says that Jesus, this is a thousand years before Jesus. Jesus is going to come and he's going to suffer and he's going to bleed and he's going to die to bring healing to you. I spent 10 to 15 years in ardent depression. You say, well, why would God do that? Were you not a Christian? Yep, I was a Christian. Yep. You say, well, didn't he set you free? Yes, he has. But he had me go through that so that I can relate to anybody and everybody that has gone through that. And I'm telling everybody that's gone through that, if you want to, you can get out of that. Not only that, while you're in it, you can live effectively and you can have joy and you can have peace in the middle of that. If you want it. Are you with me? And this is very important because there's a lot of people that feel like, well, if I'm depressed or I'm frustrated or I'm angry, I'm not a Christian. Let me help you with something. There were times when Jesus was frustrated and he was perfect. There were times when Jesus was ticked. I think he was ticked when he looked at Peter and called him the devil. Amen? Are you with me? You see, so often the enemy wants us to think, well, you know, as a Christian, you're not supposed to be human. Sure you are. Sure you are. That's part of the gig. That's why Jesus came. Jesus was tempted and tried like us, and he had struggles. That bunch of knuckleheads he called disciples, oh my goodness. To the night he was going to die, They never got it. Could you imagine spending three years? You're Jesus. I spend three three minutes with somebody and I want them to get it. You know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is, Jesus spent three years. And the night before he's going to die for them, they're arguing over who's going to sit on the right and who's going to sit on the left. And their mama's arguing for them. No, I'm serious. Are you with me? Are you listening? You know. But I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. That's part of the humanity of Christianity. But I want you to understand Christianity is real. And the Christ of Christianity is almighty. And in the midst of whatever you're dealing with, in the midst of whatever the frustration or the anger or whatever you're dealing with, he is and has the answer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Guys, Every one of us have people in our families, in our neighborhoods, at work that are going through this stuff. Every one of us. Every one of us. It's time for us to raise up and say, you know what? Been there, tried that. I tried that 10 easy step program and it worked for a week. Anybody ever tried the 10 easy step program? No, I'm serious. You know, 
I tried these things that I put inside my body and they helped me for a bit, but after a while, they didn't work either. Okay? There's nothing wrong with medicine. I take medicine for um, my sugar. I take medicine for my high blood pressure because I am cuckoo for stinking cocoa puffs, man. I, that just, I, you know, they're like, you need to relax. And I'm like, have you ever met me? Seriously. You know? <laughs> it just doesn't happen too often. You know? But I want you to hear what I'm saying. I went through all that, and you can ask my son and my wife. And my wife told me, you weren't fooling nobody. I was your pastor for about five years of that. Okay? I was your pastor for about five years of that. And she looked at me finally and said, you think you're fooling, you ain't fooling nobody. They all know you're human. And you know what? You don't need to follow anybody, uh, fool anybody because the bottom line is if they're Christians, they're going to be with you no matter what. Amen. And I want you all to hear that. Don't try to fool everybody. Please don't try to fool everybody like, oh, everything's fine. Everything. Some days it's time to go to church and go, my life stinks. And I don't know what to do. And in the church, there will be Christians and there will be non-Christians. The non-Christians will say, I'll pray for you. The, the Christians will say, I'm going to be there with you through all of this. Amen. Does that make sense to you? Amen. You know, I think that's very important to understand. There's a difference. And don't worry about the non-Christians. They're going to be everywhere. You know, they're going to call themselves Christians. But even the devil calls himself a Christian. Amen. And he goes to church. Amen? Amen? But you focus on the people that, you know what? Them crazies are going to be with me. They're, they love me. They love me in spite of me. Anybody ever felt that way? Huh? That's okay. You know. And this is very, 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 very important. Because the bottom line is, not only did Jesus bleed and suffer and die. Amen? He did that to save. One of the problems I see in the church, and, and as I read a lot of different guys, they're seeing it too. A lot of people who go to church and claim to be Christians have never truly entered the kingdom of God. They've never truly been what we call born again. Actually, the Greek translation is probably better, born from above. Okay? A lot of people that claim to be Christians, they're good people. They love Jesus and Jesus loves them. And, I, and they are Christians. Don't get me wrong. If they died, they're going to heaven. Okay? But because they've never truly entered the kingdom of God, they never truly have come to the point where they realize that all of their past and all of their sins have been forgiven. First John chapter 1 verse 9 says, listen. You confess that sin before me, I am faithful and just, or I will automatically forgive you of every one of those sins. You know, and, and somebody says, well, you got to name them all. Listen, I've sinned so much, I probably couldn't name them all. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Anybody else? Some of you are sitting there, oh, I cannot believe he's so unholy. Back at you, buddy. <laughs> you know. 
But are you listening to me? When you ask Jesus to come in and be your best friend, and you confess your sin, and that's what's destroying you. Oh, no. Mine is the world. Mine is dopamine, whatever. It's fine. That's, but that's all part of a sinful, broken world. That's where that, we weren't meant to have those imbalances. We weren't created for that. This has all happened. Listen to me now. This has all happened not because you're a bad person, but because you were born into a sinful, broken world. And that's just part of it. You know? And some of the things are really bad. Some of you have broken homes and some of you have never known your parents and some of you have nobody you really feel like you can actually depend on. And, and, and I get that. But I want you to hear this. You were born into a sinful world. But you this morning can enter into a perfect kingdom. Sometimes I just got to get a little nuts. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Who's dinging? Is that you, Judy? All right. You were born into a, a broken, sinful world. But you, by asking Jesus Christ in your life can, and, re, and repenting, that repentance is not a hard thing. Repentance is like, I know I'm I have a sin in my life, but I don't know what to do with it. Jesus, I'm sorry. And the word there is metanoia, and it says he will change your mind and your heart as you say, I'm sorry for what, where I'm at. And, and you don't have to understand all the theological implications. You don't have to understand the second theory of the atonement, because I don't either. You don't have to understand the Trinity. Nobody does. You just need to know he loves you. And you just need to know he died for you. And you need to know he will always love you. And he absolutely wants to come in. And make an eternal difference in your life. Here's the other part you need to get. Some of us come from dysfunctional families. Anybody here have a functional family? Huh? I I keep asking that. Everybody, oh, well, you know, my problem is I come from a dysfunctional family. And I keep asking, does anybody know a functional family? You see, let's go back. We are born into a sinful, broken world. You that are married, I hate to tell you this, but you personally are a sinner married to a sinner. You're a dysfunctional, married to a dysfunctional. Now that's encouragement, dear brothers and sisters. 
but it's true, isn't it? Anybody, is there a couple here that says, oh no, we're both functional. No, I'm serious. You know, and I'm, you have to understand, I'm a very hurting pastor, not so much personally as listening to folks who are buying into this stuff and feel like, well, there's really something wrong with me and me alone because I come from a dysfunctional family. Therefore, I'm dysfunctional. Therefore, I'm bad. No. You're a human being who come from a dysfunctional family. You're probably in a dysfunctional marriage. All part of this broken and sinful world. Are you with? Is everybody still with me? All right. But the bottom line is this. When you ask Jesus Christ into your life, Romans chapter 8, 14 to 17 says, you become an adopted child of God. I see too many people who call themselves Christians and they're still thinking and living there. When Jesus Christ placed you here. Here's the bad thing though. After a while, if we're not careful, our comfort zone is negativity and frustration and isolation and blame. Everybody hear what I just said? We get to the point where we're comfortable there. It's scary to go here. It's scary to believe that I'm a child of God. It's scary to believe that all my sins are forgiven. It's scary to believe that God has let me enter the kingdom. It's scary to believe that I'm an adopted child of God and I have all the stuff that was given to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Here's what you do. You go, or something, or whatever. Because you need to enter into that. You are an adopted child of Jesus of God. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You have, enter, you have left this world. You have entered the kingdom of heaven. And one day, you are going to live in perfection forever. Amen. But while you're here, it's going to be cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you different. I wish I could tell oh, you become a Christian and all your problems disappear. That's trash. That's garbage. They don't. Sometimes they just begin. But are you listening to me? Jesus Christ died. Suffered and died and bled and died to bring healing to that. You say, well, pastor, you were depressed. I mean, isn't it okay for me to be there? It's okay for you to have that imbalance. But the bottom line is you don't have to live there and you don't have to live in accordance with it. Oh, but I was diagnosed bipolar. I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed. Okay, you were diagnosed. But the power of God can bring an equilibrium, a hypostasis to your life that nothing else or no one else can. Amen. You see, I'm still the type of person 
that when I wake up, I either put on a Superman cape or I feel like staying in my pajamas. No, I'm serious. That's, that's who I am. And if that bothers you, oh well. Love me anyway or don't. That's okay. All right? Yes, sir. Cool, baby. Cool. That's scary. <laughs> but hear what I'm saying. It's okay. Do you know why it's okay? Because not only did Jesus Christ suffer, lead, and die to save you in and from all of these consequences of this broken world. You see, even though you're depressed, you're still saved. Even though you're hurting, you're still saved. I know there are preachers that tell you you're not. That's okay. They're going to heaven by prevenient grace. But they don't work with real people. Amen? But, but Jesus Christ did not just die. But after three days, and this is the most important thing, he rose from the grave. And even though I still battle, and even though I still struggle, and even though I'm not perfectly healed, I have victory. Amen. Amen. My wife and I, you know, you're supposed to marry somebody that's different than you. You know, one of you is strong and the other one's supposed to be soft. The problem with Lisa and I is we're both strong. And when strong and strong, positive and positive comes together, anybody ever put a positive and positive together? You know what comes from that? Sparks. SJC, he grew up in that thing. But you know what? We're going to be okay. Because Jesus Christ is at the center of it. Amen? I got problems. Any of y'all got problems? It's going to be okay because Jesus Christ is at the center of it. I wish he fixed everything instantaneously and wondrously and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't. But here's what he does. In his time and in his way, he applies this love and he applies this thing called grace. It's a free gift. And he applies the power of his resurrection that raised him from the dead. And he can and he will make you a powerful and victorious person. If you will let him. Let me go one step deeper. There have been times in my life where I was so depressed and so hurting, I didn't give a care if I got better or not. Has anybody ever been there? At that point, I had to go and say, God, help me to even want to get fixed. You say, what are you trying to say, Pastor? What I'm trying to say is, take a chill pill. 
Jesus Christ died and he took your personal name. He chose you and he took your personal name and life and sins and everything to the cross of Calvary. Let me help you with something. If you want him into your life, you don't have to play any games. You don't even have to do a sinner's prayer with me. I don't know where we came up with that one. What you need to do is say, God, come in and help me. Because I don't know how to help myself. Amen? Are you, is anybody with me? You know? You say, well, man. It almost sounds like I got to do nothing. Exactly. He already did it all. You ask him in. He will clean up the mess. He will give you the vision you need to get where you need to be. And he will give you the power. And he will give you the wisdom. And he will give you the strength to stand up and become that victorious person that every one of us really wants be. You say, well, well, pastor, it's not all gone in you. No, but I am the victorious person that Jesus Christ created me to be. Amen? Amen? You can be. You tell your relatives. You tell your neighbors. It's okay. Jesus knows and understands the mess. That's why he came. And he will save you, and he will love you, and he will heal you, and he will bless you right in the middle of the mess. Let's all stand. Pastor, I want Jesus to come to the middle of the mess. Just raise your hand. I want Jesus to come to the middle of the mess. Nobody else's business. (laughs) If you ask him to the middle of the mess, let me tell you what you need to do. Nothing. You say, well, you got to do something. No. That's your way of making sure you get what you want. And you can control it. No. What Jesus does is what we call a free gift of grace. <laughs> you better run. I, that, that always happened right at the heart of... Is everybody listening to me? I'm almost done. I want you to get this. You don't clean up your act, then come to Jesus. You ask Jesus in, and he comes in and begins the process of cleaning up the act. Are you with me? One one last thing. You need to hear this. As soon as you ask him in, you are right with him. Not after you clean up the act. But as soon as you ask him in, there's forgiveness, there's love, there's mercy, there's tenderness, there's kindness, there's compassion.
There's the blood that covers every sin. There's the it is finished. In other words, everything that needed to be done for your salvation is done. Amen? Amen. I'll say that again. Somebody smile, please. Everything that needed to be done is done. Amen. All right? This is what you teach your kids. You don't teach your kids, if you do bad things, Jesus is going to get you. You teach them. You ever done that? I did that. You teach them how much Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. As you leave this place today, I want you to begin bringing, you know, putting this stuff over in your head. I'm a child of God. Oh, but I got problems. I'm a child of God. I got struggles. Jesus is in my life. Everything's right. Father, this morning, I pray that as we leave this place, we would realize that you did it all. You paid the price. You you made everything right. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we would all leave this place and allow you to do this great work that you want to do in our lives wherever we may be. Praise your holy name. And thank you for loving us. In your name we pray.